One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Today we've got a nuclear revenge exposing a boss to their customers. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, payback. I got even with my nosy neighbor. Backstory. The apartment complex that was freshly renovated had an attraction to everyone, and it was like a pie that everybody wanted a part of. I was lucky enough to get an apartment in the building, and everyone envied me. However, there's nothing really perfect in this world. I guess I should mention that I'm a guy in my 20s, full of boisterous energy and all that. I was eager to leave home since I was starting to earn a stable income. Being the third child of my family, I often got teased and I sometimes got the shorter end of the stick in family gatherings. It was one of the reasons why I could not wait to have an apartment of my own. When the opportunity came in the form of an apartment complex that had recently been renovated, I jumped on it despite the cost of the apartment. The place was simply a dream come true for me as I loved everything about the place. I would sometimes wonder why I never thought about renting the apartment ever since. But as they say, better late than never. Well, everything was fine and I was enjoying my newfound freedom until she came. Yes, the woman known as T. T was an annoying woman in her late 50s and grumpy did not even describe her. I wonder how her children and husband, if she ever had one, had coped with her. She was downright annoying and seemed to enjoy getting on my nerves. I wished she wasn't my neighbor, maybe my life would do better. If I didn't know better, I would have thought we were enemies in our past life. She watches over my every movement and actions. I felt like I was back home where my parents would scrutinize every move and action. An irritating feeling awoke deep within me, and I had the feeling that my peaceful days were almost over. Well, since she wanted to go that way, I was prepared to go with her. It takes two to tango, you know. T decided to start picking on me the day she noticed that I loved music. I could not go a day without playing Eminem, and she knew it. I guess she must have been watching me before she decided to play her first card. There was a day when I was playing music on my stereo, enjoying my space and freedom after a long and hectic day at work. At that moment, all I wanted was to fix myself dinner before drifting off to La La Land. I was starting to enjoy the music, I was feeling the vibe and the lyrics and it was starting to get to me. I was really enjoying this moment when I heard a bang on my door. I was wondering who it was because I wasn't expecting anyone today. Well, apparently my neighbor had called the cops on me on the basis that my loud music was disturbing the neighborhood. The cops demanded I touch nothing and step aside so they could check if I was truly guilty of noise pollution. After checking for over a minute trying to find out what exactly made my neighbor call them, they couldn't find anything because my volume was just at the right height. It wasn't too low nor too high, it was just the right volume. The cops, two men, glanced at each other and shook their heads before tendering their apology to me. They turned to my neighbor and told her that my music was on the right volume. Immediately the cops left. My neighbor left too with a huge scowl on her face. It was that day that I knew that the battle line had been drawn between me and the woman called T. I started to wonder what exactly her problem was and why exactly she was picking on me. I rummaged through my memories and I couldn't remember how, when, and where I had offended her. She was simply trying to be difficult. 
anger surged through me when I thought of that. However, I still decided to keep things within me, swallow my anger, and give her another chance not to screw things up. However, yeah, you guessed right, she still did. I guess I should add a quick detail. While my family and I are all Americans, we have some distant cousins who are Mexicans. A, J, and R were my favorite cousins. Except my siblings, they were the only cousins I got along with. Our relationship was quite cordial and there was no secrets between us. We were so close that we knew the number of women each of us had been with. Funnily enough, all three of them were older than me and not just by a small margin, it was quite a long one. So when they heard that I'd gotten myself a new apartment away from my family, they were quite happy and they decided to take time off of their busy schedules to come and see me. On a very good Saturday morning, I was hosting my three cousins who were glad to see me after a long time. They were genuinely happy for my success and they congratulated me. We were having fun and catching up on old times. We were all speaking Spanish despite the fact that we were fluent in English. It was then that my neighbor decided to step on my nerves. I was innocently having a good time with my cousins in my room, only to hear a loud bang on my door. My cousins gave me a quizzical look and I also gave them a look that said, I have no idea who that is. However, I had an inkling of who it could be. The moment I opened my door, I saw some cops standing at my doorstep while giving me strange looks. They showed me their badge and they told me that they got an anonymous call saying that the occupants of my room were drug lords, mafia, and human traffickers. I could not believe my ears when they said all of those. I was about to ask them who gave them an anonymous tip-off when my nosy neighbor showed up behind the cops. The minute I saw her, everything dawned on me and I knew that she was the culprit who called the cops on me with such lies. I gritted my teeth, fury blazing in my eyes, but I managed to keep myself in check and let the cops do their job. It was at this point that my three cousins came from the balcony to the living room where the cops were searching for evidence of hard drugs and whatnot. When my three cousins showed their faces, my neighbors sprung into action and screamed. There they are. The three of them are the ones you're looking for. They're the Mexican drug lords, she shrieked and pointed her finger at the three of them. A strange expression settled on the faces of my cousins. I could see that they were quite angry, but thankfully they stayed calm because of me and gently explained things to the cops. Officer, we're not criminals or drug lords like she said. We're law-abiding citizens and we've never been convicted or even arrested. A stepped out to speak since he was the oldest of the three and he was much more level-headed than the other two. Thankfully, the cops weren't the racist or irrational type so they listened carefully. My name is A and these are my brothers, he said, pointing at J and R. I run a car dealership across the United States, and my brother Jay also runs the biggest liquor store in the country. Lastly, our brother R is an engineer, and he works with the US Navy. So you see, none of us are criminals. We simply came here to visit our cousin who had just moved in here and celebrate with him. A finished and showed the cops their ID cards and other means of identification. Jay and R did the same as well. Understanding dawned on the cops and they apologized for disturbing our reunion. We're very sorry, gentlemen, for disturbing your evening. You have our deepest and sincerest apologies for all of this. Enjoy the rest of your evening, sirs. The cops apologized and left, leaving my neighbor dumbstruck. 
She was surprised when she discovered that my cousins were not criminals and riffraffs like she thought, but were respectable and honorable men doing their best to stay on the good side of the law. She was at a loss for words, and she stood there rooted to the spot for a very long time, staring at all of us. After some time, she snorted, hissed, and went back to her apartment. I had never felt such rage in my entire life before. At that moment, I wished that I could drag the old hag by her hair and hit her until she spelt her name backwards. How could she have accused my cousins of being drug lords and mafia men? A, J, and R were men I respected and looked up to. Their minds were bursting with so many business ideas that one would feel gratified by sitting with them and learning at their feet, and someone had degraded them to the ranks of common criminals? It was an outrage. Calm down, cousin, Jay said with a smile. Some people are like that. They're bitter, full of hatred, and jealous when they see young people prosper. My brothers and I are victims of this stereotype almost every time. It's no longer surprising. R nodded in agreement of what Jay had said. I said I know, cousin. Nevertheless, I couldn't stop myself from getting upset. You three are my cousins, the ones I respect the most due to your success and your business acumen. I practically worship the ground you guys walk on. I brought you guys here to celebrate my little success and also to learn more from you guys, and someone decides to call the cops on you and tag you criminals? I can't take it. I can't take it at all. It's an outrage. I spoke out with gritted teeth. A smiled and slapped me on my shoulders. Cousin, you must be prepared for things like this in your journey to success. People will slander and hate you and will do everything in their power to frustrate you. If you get angry at every single one of them, you'll eventually tire out quickly. So the best course of action is to ignore them and pretend they don't exist. That action would hurt them more than the slicing of a thousand blades. Simply because in your mind, they don't exist and will be treated as such. I smiled in response to his sermon and was once more convinced of the prowess of my eldest cousin. No wonder he was so smart. He was able to remain cool, calm, and collected in spite of what was being thrown towards him. He was truly a dragon amongst men. Let's get back to our drinks. This is nothing but just a passing wind, R said cheerfully. And everyone laughed and went back to the balcony to continue our enjoyment. That evening was one of the best I've ever had since I moved in. I joked, laughed, and even got scolded by the three of them. Furthermore, I got some business tips and tricks from them in order to up my game and become a better and more versatile businessman. My cousins left the next day, leaving me with time to think about my nosy neighbor. She had overdone it this time around, and I had to make her pay. It was time for pro-revenge. I wasn't going to let her off so easily. She was definitely going to regret ever crossing me. I had been quite mischievous as a kid, and that had gotten me in trouble with my parents so many times that I lost count. I would either end up getting smacked, spanked, or grounded any time I pulled my pranks on my siblings or even my parents. As I grew up, I dropped those habits, but this time around, I was going to pick them up again and make my neighbor feel despair. Since she wanted to act like the boy who cried wolf, then I would make sure everybody in the neighborhood lost trust in her. I immediately set my plan in motion the moment I got back from work the next day. I had made sure that the other neighbors were out before I started my evil plan. That very night, I turned my stereo to the loudest volume possible. The banging sounds could be felt miles away, and the lyrics could also be heard audibly. Then I waited. It would come soon. 
I didn't have to wait for long. I noticed a police vehicle heading towards our apartment. I immediately turned off the music and everything went back to normal. I also made myself look sleepy, tired, and groggy. Around 10 to 15 minutes later, I heard a knock on my door. I took a bit of time before I opened the door. The cops were surprised when they saw my appearance. Rough hair, heavy eyelids, and my pajamas were badly creased. I was the epitome of an exhausted person who finally got the opportunity to steal a nap. I rubbed my eyes with the back of my hands to clear my eyes, but it was just another ruse to make my eyes very red so I would look sleep deprived. Good evening officers, how can I help you? I asked with a low voice, my eyes half closed. I looked like I couldn't wait to get back to sleep, so the officers decided to not waste time as well. One of them stepped forward, took a look at me and shook his head. We're very sorry to disturb your nap. However, your neighbor Mrs. T here said you raised your music above the sound limit and she was unable to sleep. We're here to check that out. Hope you don't mind. I said I do mind, officer. As you can see, I was very exhausted from work. I had a long day and I'm trying to get some rest. Where would I have the time to cause trouble by increasing my volume? Anyway, since you're here, you can come in and do your jobs as officers. The cops came in and searched everything, and they ascertained that everything was true and my music was just at the right volume. Besides that, they noticed that I'd fallen asleep on the couch and they'd truly disturbed my slumber. We're sorry for disturbing you. Please have a good rest, one of the cops said and was about to leave. I decided that it was time to drive in the final nail in the coffin. I said, officer, that woman has always been on my neck. It isn't the first time she would be calling cops to harass me. Every incident has always been false, and you can confirm from the precinct, I said while displaying righteous anger on my face. Thankfully, the officer bought it and placed a call through to the station. My accusations were confirmed, and my neighbor was given a restraining order. She was also placed on probation and house arrest. Best revenge ever. My main question is, why would OP have waited so long to try to tell the cops that it's false? If somebody keeps falsely calling the cops on you, tell them right away and try to build a record of these false calls you can get a harassment case going. Our next story is... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I exposed my boss to his customers. See, get your lazy butt up and come help out in the kitchen, my mother yelled. I woke up grudgingly, taking one slow step at a time. It was a Saturday morning, meaning it was my turn to cook. I sluggishly went out of my room and dragged my sleepy self into the kitchen. 
Once in my kitchen, I found everyone in the dining room still in their PJs waiting for breakfast. My breakfast. Seeing them looking so expectant irked me a lot and I angrily told them they would get no breakfast if they didn't wash up and complete their morning chores first. Seeing how I put my foot down, they non-reluctantly left the kitchen and dining room. You might wonder why I'm cooking when my mother is lovely with no problems whatsoever. Please don't be mistaken, I'm not being mistreated. If anything, my mother has more love for me than her biological children, and I love her to bits. But when she discovered my fantastic cooking, she made a rule that every Saturday and Sunday, the kitchen would be mine to wield as I deemed appropriate. Even my half-siblings J, Q, and A look forward to Saturday and Sunday. Dare I say, if not for the fact that I had school during the weekdays, I'm very sure I would be on kitchen duty every day. So here I am in the kitchen. Let me introduce my family to you before I go further. I'm C, the first child of a family of six. My family comprises of Mr. and Mrs. G and my half-siblings J, Q, and A. You might be wondering, what happened to your biological mom? Well, I never met her. She died not long after giving birth to me. My dad tried to raise me himself with the help of my grannies, but after a while he realized I needed a mother figure in my life. So my stepmother, Lady K, came into the picture. My dad was initially worried she would be mean to me, but she wasn't. She was the mother I needed. They took care of me and taught me all I needed to know. Lady K is a stay-at-home mom. My dad has a thriving business. He deals with importing and exporting marine foods. So we've always had no shortage of fresh food or money. Lady K, now Mama K, decided to put away childbearing so that she could give me more attention and care. She only started considering it when I told her I needed brothers and sisters. At first, my dad was worried having kids with her would make her turn into the typical evil stepmother and didn't think about it much. But I kept insisting and crying and in the end, they gave in to me. Mama K took in and the pregnancy yielded triplets. J, Q, and A were born. My joy knew no bounds when they were born. I was the happiest elder brother. My paternal grandmother came over to help care for them, but Mama K's attention was still on me. You could say I was pampered, even with my siblings around. I grew up taking care of my siblings. I loved them with all my heart, and I protected them. I became their best friend and confidant. Mama K was my best friend. I told her anything and everything. We had a special bond. She also discovered my fantastic cooking skills, and in a bid to develop the skills further, she made me cook every Saturday and Sunday. Everyone looked forward to these days because I always tried new recipes, and they would be my simple set of judges. They always looked forward to it so eagerly that I wouldn't even be allowed to sleep in on Saturdays and Sundays. So here I am, once again whipping different recipes to surprise my family. My dad tells me I get my cooking skills from my biological mom. He said she was a fantastic cook, and everything she cooked was always perfect. Dad always stays at home on weekends to catch up with the family, play with the triplets, have bro talks with me, and spend quality time with his wife. We all understood the nature of his business and appreciated the fact that he always made time for us during the weekends. When it comes to my cooking, he criticizes me the most. After input, he told me what he felt went wrong with the food, and I, like a good boy, would take note of everything and work on them. Later in the evening, my family was gathered on the veranda and chatting when I called their attention. Hum, Dad, Mama, there's something I'd like to ask your permission for. 
Sure, son, what's up? I want to have a part-time job. Everyone became silent. After a while, Mama Kay asked, Why, OP? Do you need money for anything or are you in trouble? She asked worriedly. I said, No, Mama. I want to know what it's like to work and earn money alone. I want to be independent and reliable. They all kept quiet and then Jay asked, Big brother, does this mean you won't make delicious meals for us anymore? She asked with tears brimming in her eyes. I said, no cupcake, I'll always make meals for you on the weekends like I always do. Yay, she exclaimed happily. My dad was yet to talk, so I decided to let him process the information I gave him. After a while, he spoke up. OP, I respect your decision and all, and I understand you want to use this opportunity to learn how to be an adult. You're 17 already, no longer a kid, so I agree. I was thrilled and excited. My parents could see it on my face and wore a smile on their faces. I was asked where I wanted to work, and I said the bakery was two blocks away. My mom was partially happy with the location because it meant I wouldn't be far from her, and knowing my mom, she would pitch her tent at that bakery every time, except when she wanted to attend to the triplets. The bakery I wanted to work at was the biggest in the area. It was always filled at all times. The breakfast rush was the most terrible. The queue was always very long. The lunchtime was a bit better and dinner was okay too. In all, it was the perfect place for me to work on my baking skills. All types of pastries were sold here and it was affordable. I had seen that pastry shop had an opening and had gone for the interview. Luckily, due to my being versatile, I got the job and good pay as well. It was after I got the job I told my parents. My working time suited my schedule as well. I only worked after school hours and from the afternoon on Saturdays and Sundays. It was okay for my family and me. I could still wake up early to cook breakfast and get home early to make dinner for them. The triplets initially were sad that I won't be with them fully during weekends, but I promised to always bring them pastries after work every day, and then they wore happy smiles. I started to work the following week, and it was one great experience. Sometimes I would be in the kitchen, and sometimes I would be on the counter. One thing was for sure, I always got home tired. Sometimes so tired I wouldn't eat dinner. My mom would have to coax me to have dinner occasionally, but on the bright side I learned a lot. About people, baking, and most importantly, about my boss. Mr. B was the owner of the bakery where I worked. He was a big man with extensive features. He had a big heart and a big eye for money. Two characteristics you won't expect to find in a person. Most people who loved money were mostly misers, but not him. He didn't make his workers slave away for no reason. We all enjoyed working under him. I learned that he only had one child, a boy named W. According to what I heard, he was both a source of joy and pain to his father. A thing of joy because he was the man's only child, but a source of pain because he always made his father worry and cry. He was a drug addict and avid gambler. His father often feared for his business when he thought about his death. For some reason, I don't know why in particular, Mr. B loved me. He would always let me in his office and show me how to calculate the business earnings, the company that supplies the ingredients for pastries and others. It's safe to say I became his right hand. I not only had a job at the pastry shop, I always went with Mr. B for business meetings during my shift. I became well versed in the business. Sometimes Mr. B would send me to handle the business meetings and I would give him feedback on how the meeting went. 
The partial treatment towards me was so glaring that other workers thought Mr. B would leave his business to me. Of course, I denied the accusation and told them he only wanted me to know a thing or two about the company. They all reluctantly agreed. It came as a shock to me when I heard Mr. B died. I fell sick and I couldn't leave for school or work for two solid weeks. My parents had to drag me to the funeral and I cried my heart out. I was so affected. I lost weight. I lost my appetite for food. All I did was stare at the ceiling and cry. My mom was so worried she would often cry too. They were begging me to get myself together. My coworkers visited me when they heard how hard I'd taken Mr. B's death. They said they needed me to resume work because everything was a mess. The finances were a mess and the suppliers were acting edgy. I heard the urgency in their voice and I decided I wouldn't let Mr. B's legacy go to waste. I resumed work and for the first three months we heard nothing from Mr. B's son. After three months, he walked in and demanded to see how much we made in his absence. I gave it to him and explained everything, but it didn't seem like he was interested in what I wanted to say, except for the money bit. After seeing how much profit we made, he complained that the gain was too small and that we needed to do something about it. I told him we used quality ingredients for our pastries and the rate was an affordable one, that the profit was more than enough for a pastry shop. The shop was doing exceedingly well. He said I knew nothing about what I was saying and I should keep quiet. I did. Then he said that the suppliers of our ingredients were too expensive. He would introduce a new supplier to use. We would increase the amount of pastries and reduce the size of our pies. And finally, the salaries of the workers are too much. The more shifts you take, the more your pay. I was gobsmacked upon hearing him speak. I tried to protest his decision, but he had made up his mind. The workers weren't happy to listen to the news, but there was nothing they could do. They had to adhere. Some couldn't deal with it and quit their job, but most stayed. The new suppliers gave us the worst ingredients, which affected the business. Our customers were reducing by the day, and it was so bad. It got worse when elements started to harm individuals. I knew I had to do something. If not, the entire workers at the pastry shop would be put in trouble. So I contacted a journalist and gave an anonymous tip. I told the journalist about the pastry shop and how everything had changed. The supplier's information and other information would help get the health inspectors to come over for an inspection. The news went viral and the pastry shop became one that everyone avoided. No one knew the informer was me and I intended to keep it that way. A week after the news went around, the health inspectors conducted a detailed search. They were surprised at how bad the situation of the pastries was. Immediately, the police officers were invited and a thorough investigation was carried out. Every worker was interrogated. My parents followed me to the station when my presence was needed. Since I was the one in charge of the finances, my company in the station was more prominent. After the issues of the shop came out to the public and people found out that it was the pastry they ate that hurt them, they began to sue W. In a short period, he officially became bankrupt. After the bankruptcy, my dad asked if I wanted the shop. I told him no. I had other plans in mind. W was sentenced to 20 years in prison based on multiple charges. Two years after that incident happened, I took a loan from my dad and chose an excellent shop with a good location. I opened a pastry shop there and named it Mr. B's Pastry Shop. 
For a while, business was slow, but as soon as people confirmed the quality of our pastries, we became well sought after in a little bit. A year later, I needed to open another branch, and I told my dad. That's when my dad told me I already had another branch, and I was surprised. He then told me he had bought the pastry shop when W went bankrupt. I was surprised and happy because that was the exact location I was thinking about. Since my first pastry shop was a success, I created an awareness that the new pastry shop was an annex of the initial one to eliminate lousy press, and it worked like a charm. The open house was a success, the business was also a success. Due to my being a student, my mom was in charge of keeping everything in check, and she made it all work out well. Whenever I was available, I would help out with the meetings, investing, and finances. I ensured we only used the best suppliers, and my mother kept the workers in place. Nowadays, when I think about how my pastries are found and enjoyed by my customers in every corner of the country, I can't help but think of how I got here by exposing my wicked boss and his evil ways. You gotta just love that at the heart of this story, it's all just about a love for their job and a love of baking. OP had such just a pure love and interest in this business and for baking, and they would not stand for that getting corrupted in any way. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.